I'm Mary Angela Abeo, and this is the Face to Faces podcast, a conversation series that provides a platform focusing on the LGBTQ and POC communities and their allies in the areas of activism, politics, mental health, arts and entertainment, and community. In this space, we discuss the human experience in our ever-changing world. My goal here is to remind you that while you may have moments where you feel isolated and alone, there is always an incredible community of people here that is safe. We all connect to people at our deepest pains and our greatest joys. And in this space, we're here for those moments and everything in between. I'm so glad you're here. Take a seat next to me. It's always open. Now, let's lean in. Okay, everyone. I am so excited today to welcome a group of my friends who are here to talk and have an opened panel discussion and conversation about the myths and misconceptions of being transgender. Marlo, Renee, Eva, and Lion, I'm so excited to have you here. Please introduce yourselves. Let's start with Eva. Hi, my name's Eva Echo. My pronouns are she, her. Um, I'm trans woman from UK, living in Birmingham at the moment. Um, I am, I used to be a musician, but not anymore because I just don't have time for it. And it's not because I'm trans, it's just because I've got so many projects going on that I just, I don't have enough hours in the day. Um, I'm a brand ambassador for London Transgender Clinic, and I'm also a trans spokesperson and activist for the charity Gendered Intelligence. And recently I've taken up a position on the Crown Prosecution. Uh, they have a panel for hate crime. So I sit on that and using that position, we can look at historical hate crime cases, challenge the system and implement and recommend changes. Leah? Okay. Hi, my name is Leanne. Um, I am actually a nurse. I live in Southern California. I predominantly work in behavioral health. My pronoun, my pronouns are he, they. Um, I'm trans non-binary. Um, so yeah, I work in behavioral health. Uh, it's my forte. I like working with developmentally disabled adults because I feel like they are the most neglected in the healthcare system and they deserve to be loved instead of neglected. And that's just my feelings personally. I love that. Renee? Hello, everyone. My name is Renee. Um, I was born in Seattle, Washington, and I've lived in Washington basically all my life. <laughs> I am 19 years old. Uh, my pronouns are she, her, and they, them. Uh, and I am, as what I identify as, I am trans non-binary. And a um, little thing about me, uh, I finished high school. I got my diploma and my AA, my associates in welding for this, for this summer during COVID, might I say, during COVID. So I think that's a great accomplishment <laughs> that I wanted to share. <laughs> but yes, um, I also uh, have a little side projects that I do um, in regards to, like, I work right now currently, um, I work in retail, and it's more of a part-time gig. I'm looking um, for more jobs that I can work in for welding, and we're going to see how that goes. 
Um, also, I also have a podcast as well. Um, it's called uh, Diablas Diary. And it's um, basically sort of the same thing that um, Mary Angela did. So, yes, it's, it's pretty dope. It's more um, about my life story as well. Um, but, yeah, that's what I do as well. Nice to meet all of you. <laughs> and Marlo. Hi, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm Marlo. Uh, I live in Louisville, Kentucky. Um, I am an empath. <laughs> uh, my pronouns are uh, he, him. Uh, I have actually just celebrated two years on HRT or testosterone on uh, January 17th. Yes. Yes, nice. <laughs> uh, very exciting. Um, currently run the receiving department uh, at and I love my dog too much. So, <laughs> yeah, that's, yep. Thank you. And I use they, them pronouns. You can call me M and I'm the baby trans of the group um, coming out as bi-gender last April, literally on 420. I'm not sure why I made that decision. But um, on 420, it felt right. <laughs> um, <laughs> and um, I'm excited. I'm excited to have you all here. So thank you for making the time. It's been an effort that we've been working on for a while. So the fact that it's come to fruition today really made my day. So I appreciate you all. Um, the reason for this, and I think we talked a little bit offline about this, is to start bringing some of these myths and misconceptions to the light, you know, with movies like Disclosure, movies that are now trying to bring the trans experience and truths to the forefront, with that comes a lot of people thinking they know, a lot of misconceptions and a lot of talking points that are toxic and not necessary. So what this episode is going to try to do is um, bring some of those to light. So if you are in a situation or if somebody's in a situation where someone doesn't know, they can refer to this episode and go, you, sh you should listen to this because you're problematic or whatever, you know? Um, so I would love to start with the basics around emotional transition. I think that, um, you know, most people still, we're in an age where we still have to come out, unfortunately. Hopefully that will change over time and we can just be. But for now, you still have to come out. I know I had to discuss things with loved ones. Um, what is the biggest misconception that you felt around coming out, whether it's, you know, it being a choice or people feeling like this is something that was brought on because of a trauma or behavior that you've had in your past? I know I've gotten that a lot. Um, I would love to open the discussion to that. Um, and just to see if emotionally you had any backlash from those you love around um, what they thought this was for you. I guess I'll start. Um, so half of my family is Jehovah's Witness and the other half are Mormon. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> they clash and then me. <laughs> I'm trans, non-binary, pansexual. And it, all everything that I do in life is just a whole lot of questions for my family. So um, I guess a lot of most of my family that's Jehovah's Witness, I don't actually talk to. Or if I do talk to them, they send me pamphlets 
Actually, I thought I had one like right here because literally I get pamphlets <laughs> in the mail about saving my soul or whatever. Um, I get pamphlets from my Mormon side also. Those are a little bit more weird. <laughs> so the Jehovah's Witness ones, I can handle. The Mormon ones, mm, dark. Um, so that is how my family works is through sending pamphlets and letting me know that they love me and they think I can change. So instead of letting them actually in my life, I let them send me pamphlets and decide to love them from a distance because that's for me the only way to continue my life happily. And then I have my few family that has strayed from the Jehovah's Witness religion. And um, we all call us JW Recoveries. <laughs> We're in the JW Recovery system and I get along with them well. We we don't do holidays or anything because it's still really weird to do holidays. Like you can't spend 16 years of your life not doing birthdays and Christmas and then go, oh yeah, I'm just going to start doing it. So instead, I don't do that, but, and I block all of the negative family just out of the way because I don't, I'm not going to let them stop. I waited until I was 27 to transition, 27 years old. And then I'm 33 now, so six years in and I've never been happier than when I blocked all of the negative chatter out of my head. I love that. I love that. So yeah. Um, sort of, sorry. <laughs> um, I'm done, I'm good. Okay. Um, well, sort of um, our experiences are really similar. Uh, I grew up in the Christian church and uh, basically I was a church kid. I went to church every Sunday uh, read the Bible, went to church camp, did everything. I am the living embodiment of my parents' worst fear. <laughs> and it was hard. It was hard really accepting. It was easier than, accept it was easier than accepting my sexuality um, based on, like, my gender. And it, sexuality was more of, like, struggling um, since a young age, trying to figure out who I am and... And then now, like when I'm, I was, I left my house when I was 17 because of my family, because they were not accepting because obviously like I've been told that I, I was going to go to a conversion camp when I was like 13. And then they decided to not send me and instead told me to go to the pastor and um, talk to him and do a liberation and do this and this and that. And um, I was just like fed up by the time I was uh, a junior. I, I was like, I'm tired of this. I'm not going to handle it anymore. And by the time I went to my senior year, I was by myself and I was figuring life out. And then the more and more I got involved with um, being, because I was working in the college that I used to go to at Green River College. And I worked in the Office of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion. And a lot of what they, I learned so much from that office in regards to gender, in regards to uh, social justice and just helping out um, the communities that I am a part of and also other communities that are surrounded by us so that we can all help each other grow and just be there for each other. And um, I, through that, I met a lot of amazing, wonderful people who sort of opened me up to what being non-binary was. And that's when I realized, oh, um, uh, <laughs> a lot of what they, a lot of what you say, I feel. So maybe I am not cis. <laughs> and 
I was like, okay, uh, this is who we are. Okay, I love it. Um, and then afterwards, from being non-binary, I realized that I was trans, but that I was trans non-binary. And then I was like, okay, then I understand. I understand myself now. And my parents, it was easier for me to accept it. But I remember when I was younger during that, when I was 13, when my parent, when my mom wanted to send me to conversion camp, I remember she, like, she said many things. But the main thing that I remember distinctly, as she told me, was that, oh, you're just going to end up like a tranny. You're just, that, that's what people like you end up being. They end up, they don't want to be, they want to be a woman and stuff like this. And I was like, what? That makes no sense whatsoever. You know? <laughs> And, and I felt that to my, I was thinking about it when I, when I, when I found out who I was and it, and then I remember talking to my sister and telling her, I'm like, I hate that, that my mother was somewhat right. And if, if her ways of saying things, she was right. And she told me before, it's like, see, look, look how you turned up. I'm like, and I told her I am myself. I love myself. And I'm, I'm fucking amazing, you know, and it sucks that um, you're not going to be a part of that. Like family wise, I can't talk to none of my family members because they are very judgmental. And I decided to, well, the ones that are heavily influenced in the side of the church. I live with my aunt and, um, and, you know, she's very accepting and my cousins as well, but it's mostly my dad's side and my mom too. She's difficult, but Nope, I don't talk to them. And that's just how it is, loving from a distance. <laughs> that's just how it's going to be for a while. But I'm okay with that. I don't need them to justify my existence or I don't need them to be accepted because the only person I need to accept is myself. I only, res- I only demand respect from others. And that's that. Yeah. Can kind of relate to what's been said so far. I mean, not from a religious point of view, but like from like a family point of view. Um, like growing up, I was born in the UK, but my parents are immigrants from Hong Kong, and they've been in the UK now for fifty years or so. And for them, they brought over their very, very rigid traditions, uh, their values. Which growing up, I I understand they they helped me be who I am but at the same time they held me back so much as well because you know their their eldest son was supposed to do all these things and my relationship with my family was never a good one from the age of 17 18 it deteriorated deteriorated badly I moved out and never really looked back since and we've tried to reconnect over the years but it's just not happening and you kind of build up a life for yourself and even though I hadn't come out yet and I was still in so much denial, I just knew that removing that side of my life was necessary for me to then move forward and be on this road to discovery to who I am today. Um, and to be honest, telling them was just a formality. They were the last people to know. I came out to my partner, friends, everyone around me. And it was only when I went through the diagnosis um, procedure here in the UK that the psychologist said, well, you should probably mention it to them. Um, and I did just out of, just as a courtesy, really. Um, but I didn't, you know, I have no relationship with them. We don't speak. Um, it's a very toxic family. So anything like this 
they just don't understand. There's always something else going on. And my mum, when I've told her, she, it was just done through WhatsApp. It was just a quick, by the way, I'm trans. If you don't understand, ask my sister. Um, and then she basically said, that's fine. I accept you. Just don't do anything. And I'm just thinking, well, you clearly don't understand what it all means, what it all entails. And in their minds, they just see what happened you know, say in the 80s in the UK, when there's a lot of homophobia, racism, they see all the dangers that people have been through and all the, all the hate and negativity. And I get that to a certain extent, they don't want that for me, but at the same time, they don't understand I need to do this for me. Um, their only point of reference would be, I don't know, ladyboys and how that, you know, that, that whole world is just you don't want to be a part of that because it's bad, it's evil, and it goes against what you've been brought up. But even just trying to explain, I've, I've learned over the years, it's, there's no point. I need to be me, and I'm going to be me. And removing that was so liberating because there's one less thing holding me back. Um, I mean, as we all know here, when, when you're coming out just before, you hold yourself back the most. And half the time we know our answer, we know who we are, and maybe we don't know the words to describe it, but we know that feeling, and we're the only ones that stop ourselves from doing that initially. Once we can embrace that, we don't really need anyone other than support those people who do accept us and support ourselves, really. Facts. Yeah, Eva, you... You, oh, oh, you got me like emotional there for a second. <laughs> I almost cried. If I could, then I would have. <laughs> We're talking about that in the medical portion. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> yes. Um, I actually, for myself, I grew up very, very strict uh, Irish Catholic. Oh, gotta love it. Gotta love it. Uh, so, <laughs> sorry go ahead <laughs> uh, grew up very strict Irish Catholic um, and you know church every Sunday all that all that fun stuff I, I mean I've met a lot of my really great friends in there like I still love them with all my heart they're fantastic people I have strayed away etc cetera, etc cetera. Uh, but I do I remember I think, Em, I've, I've told you this story before where the very first time that I knew uh, I, was, I was different was actually on a Sunday after church. And um, I, my dad was laying on the couch and we were, for some reason, watching an opera singer or something. I don't know. And um, I said, Dad, like, they sing amazing. How can, how can I do that? How can I be like that? And he just said, well, practice and you'll, you can do it. Like you can do anything, just you just have to practice. And I was like, okay, cool. First thing that I did was run upstairs to my bedroom and start belting out and song, <clears throat> more than likely to an Aaron Carter uh, song. Uh, yeah. But, you know, nonetheless, I was singing and I was trying. <laughs> Uh, but there was a moment, I remember it was a sunny day. There was a moment and the sun was coming through my window and I looked at myself and, you know, everyone, regardless of fucking gender or anything, uh, everyone has peach fuzz, right? So I looked at myself in the mirror and I was like, 
oh my God, God wants me to be a boy. I'll just grow into it eventually, right? So my whole life, or not my whole life, not my whole life. So up until like I was old enough to actually realize, um, I just thought that I was going to grow into it eventually. And obviously, I, <laughs> et cetera, et cetera. And then uh, I really didn't know what a trans person was or, or what trans meant up until maybe my second year in college. And uh, then everything started to click in my head. And, uh, and I've told you this as well. Uh, I, was, I was with my partner or with my ex at the time and uh, had a very serious conversation with her about, hey, I think that I might be a guy. And she completely dismissed it, denied it, and said that she didn't want to be with a man and everything like that. So that kind of suppressed everything. Because if this person who I love and who I admire and who I respect tells me that it's not okay, then I think that it's not okay. So I buried it for another three or four years. And then eventually I was like, no, fuck that. <laughs> and then I came out to my parents and everything. And surprisingly enough, I feel like they supported me more through transgender than coming out as a lesbian at first, uh, purely because I, I think that they just kind of expected it to be the next step. I don't know. <laughs> but um my parents, they don't, they don't fully understand. They don't, they don't fully get it, but um, they're, they're trying and I, and I can respect that. So I'm, I'm very, I'm very lucky. I'm very lucky. I think that suppression that you said is really important because it's self-imposed. It's kind of like self-harm. Yes. I felt masculine from as a child, but I was the first granddaughter in a hundred percent Italian family. I was the Sofia Coppola of the family. I <laughs> was forced to do all of the things. Everyone had a microscope on my life. And when I wanted to be butch, when I wanted to be a tomboy, I was told makeup, dresses, heels, this is what you have to do. And then I was like, okay, well then I'm bi. And then I'm transgender or then I'm pansexual. And then, and all of that was like, you're going through a phase. It's fine. Do your thing. And then as I got older, I was like, um, this masculine energy is a thing. It's a thing. And all of these people are like, yeah, but, and then, you know, as I'm exploring it and as I'm feeling it, I saw a video on TikTok this morning of a trans femme who said, I'm not even doing any medical transition right now, but since I made this decision, I'm feeling my feelings are changed. I'm feeling myself become femme. And it was so emotional for me because I said, I felt the same thing because you're letting that part of you. We all are fluid. We all have, I think everyone, I personally think everybody's trans, but that's just fine. Like, I think everyone fluctuates. I think everyone has it and they just suppress a certain part because of how they were raised. And once you're able to embrace that side of yourself, things start happening. They were like, I'm doing all the, I'm feeling like boobs and I'm feeling like moisture in places I didn't. And it was amazing this video because I was like, yes, like this level of, and this is a great transition into a medical discussion because I feel like there are so many people that when they find out that you're under the trans umbrella, there's a lot of inappropriate things asked. 
And I want to, I want to address this because the last, uh, my last relationship was with a trans mask, non-binary person. And I, I had a few friends think it was okay to ask me what that meant in person, you know, so you're dating this person. So does this mean that they have a vagina? And I, I find myself kind of like mind blown a lot when people do that. And I've had to sit and have really safe space conversations with people that I love about how wrong that is and how inappropriate and saying things like, like Chad or whoever you are, have I ever asked you what's in your pants? Have I ever asked you if you have a dick? And I actually asked a friend this because he had asked a really, really inappropriate question about a relationship. And I said, and he said, no, but you know. And I said, do I, Chad? Do I know? I don't. And that's the thing. Do you know that I have a, you know, vulva bat? You don't know. Like, and he was like, no, but I know. Like you had a baby. And I said, that doesn't mean anything. You weren't, you have no idea. You have no idea how that transpired. So let's go around and talk a little bit about those misconceptions, the physical and the misconceptions that society thinks that we have the obligation to disclose things to them, which is, yeah, that's a hard one for me to wrap my head around. Right, right. When I first came out, I mean, one of the questions I was asked was, how do you pee? Um, I'm like, well, I just go to the toilet. I don't really think about it. It's just the process. We all do it. But they were getting at, do you sit down? Do you stand up? What, what, what happens? What, what's the process? Has anything changed? And they were leading to, is anything different down there? What's in your pants? But I, I mean, it got to the point where when I came out, I wrote a page on my blog, which was like an FAQ. And I put that in there just because I could not be bothered answering the same question over and over. But it's that idea that they think they can ask these questions and you would not ask any other person those questions that you see in the street, yet they feel it's okay to ask us. So by doing so, are you saying we are not people? Are you saying that we don't deserve that respect, that privacy? Um, and, you know, sometimes it's fun to just make shit up and, and watch our faces and just see what happens. And... It's a game. And the, the sad thing is, whatever you say, they will believe. And I get that it comes from a, a place of, I don't know, they're just so bewildered by this, the idea of a trans or a non-binary person, and, or, or just anybody who's gender diverse and does not conform to what they know, because we are literally expanding their minds, whether they want their minds to be expanded or not. And I get that they have all these questions that all this curiosity but you know rein it in who, who why are you why do you feel it's okay to ask this and i now like to just answer their question with an answer and that's usually why do you need to know i used to answer the question with obscene stuff like ridiculously obscene things because for me I felt that was the best way to answer. So at one point I used to tell people I was growing a hand for a dick. And that was literally the wordage I would use. I would say, oh, I'm growing a hand for a penis because um, that's the only way it can grow. It's, it's gonna be a hand. And then after it grows as a hand like this, they're gonna form it like this. And then they're gonna form it. And people, they will take anything. 
anyway. Eat it up. And like, God. and they're sitting there. Oh, really? Really? Yes. And then eventually it became what they're going to do is they're going to take my left big toe because I need my right big toe for balance. But my left big toe is big enough to look like a phallus so that I can make that work. And then how I'm going to, how are you going to get your balls? Well, I got to remove the bottom part of my ass and perform balls from my ass cheeks. So like literally I would give the most obscene things because like, and then like you people that were close to me, I'd go, would you really want to ask somebody that you didn't know that question because you know me and I understand, you know, me and that's, and that's, you're wanting to understand my, my situation, but my situation has nothing to do with my genitals. So people that were close, I would let them know, I don't ask you about your genitals or your sex. So I, I would expect that as a person that loves me, you wouldn't ask me, but people that didn't know me, I'd go off on tangents. I can grow a shoe. You have my, like, I don't care what it was. I would just say the most ridiculous thing. Like, oh, like, you know how they have those growth things when people go into fires? Like, I would be growing a great big giant penis right here on my thigh, and then they're going to attach it. You know, like, oh, they're growing one in a lab for me because they can do that now. You haven't heard? It's going to be exactly like 3D printing, but penis version. Like, <laughs> they'll take it, though. I do not. I do not have the energy to do that. <laughs> I've had so many. I've had so many people just assume that I can grow a dick overnight. And I'm like, OK, <laughs> I just I let it. I just let them think whatever the fuck they want to think, because I that is just way I do not have the capacity. <laughs> I do not. I do not have the capacity to be able to correct somebody's ignorance. <laughs> I do not. I, I can't even. <laughs> I really jerk it a little bit because, like, I want them to go away, like, slightly going, like, wait, really? He's going to grow a hand? Like, yes. <laughs> a whole hand. With bones. <laughs> with bones. I with with bones. <laughs> yeah. There's just one time I was talking to one of my friends and I was letting her know, um, like, oh, like, like, I had sex with a girl that she was amazing, you know, cause I'm, I'm pansexual as well. And, uh, she was like, she has to say, wait, how would that work? And I'm like, Ugh. what do you mean? And, and she was like, well, like, don't you have to, I was like, yeah, I mean, you know, I do. I just don't have, like, she wasn't trying to be offensive and I didn't take it offensively, but it just made me laugh because she said, it's like, oh, I forgot that you have a dick, you know? I just thought that like, you had a vagina. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, bitch, okay, whatever. I understand you, but okay, I'm just gonna laugh it off because you were not saying it in a bad way. <laughs> but then like later on, like I let her know, you know, um, that I don't really like talking about my privates and things. You think? Like that's the thing, is that people seem to just have this place where they think it's okay. And I love, like, I love your responses because I do feel like if you can read a fucking room and somebody starts giving you answers like this, at some point you kind of got to go, oh, they're fucking with me because this is not correct. You know what I mean? Like, I feel they like don't. Yeah, they don't. <laughs> really, they're that, like, some people are that oblivious. I've had one or two catch on. And for the most part, I've had a lot of people, like, walk away thinking I can grow a hand. It's so special, though. 
I am. <laughs> and it's girl, called superpowers. <laughs> well, and so let's, let's talk a little bit about the medical side of things, because I think there's a lot of misconceptions around hormones, gender affirming surgeries, and your choice whether or not to do them. Um, and I know both uh, Marlo and Leanne and Eva um, and Renee, you've all had content on social media that has talked openly about your transitions, your choices around hormones. And um, I get a lot of questions being a noob and being you know, young in my transition that people are trying to understand that about me. Well, wait, you wear makeup and sometimes the days that, is this a mask day? Is this a man day for you? Because I'm bigender, it's way harder for them to understand because they can't put me in a box. And I'm not, I, there's not a, I'm not non-binary in the way that I don't fit into those. I actually, some days I fit fully into one and some days I'm fluid in all of them. So, um, it's a little harder for them to pinpoint me. And so I'm getting a lot of, well, what if you just did a, a light dose of testosterone or have you just, are you going to get top surgery? And um, my answer, I feel the responsibility to answer them. But at the same time in my head, I'm like, why, why are these necessary? So I would love some, because I think the medical side of things, there's a lot of, you're not getting surgery. You still, you have big boobs, you wear makeup, yet you feel like a man that doesn't make sense to me. And I'm, um, yeah. So I'm interested in your thoughts on that. I think first and foremost, it's <clears throat> the main misconception is everybody has to have surgery or has to have a medical transition in order to be trans non-binary or, or whatever they want to or choose to represent us. And I mean, being an ambassador for London transgender clinic, I get asked all sorts of questions and it's, you know, things ranging from, I've just come out, now what do I do? Do I do this? Do I do that? What's the order? Almost like there's this unwritten timeline that we all follow. And I think that kind of links back to society that, you know, the moment we're born, we're given a label, which is, you know, male or female. And then there are all these unwritten rules that we follow willingly. And nobody ever stops to ask why we're following some of these rules, which are just incredibly bizarre. Yet we just do them anyway, and we hand them down to the next generation. I think we're so geared towards that way of thinking that when we come out, we think, okay, what's the process? What's, what's the list that we now need to follow? And a lot of it is down to how do you feel? What do you want for you and your body? I mean, for me personally, I knew that a medical transition was the only way to even begin to alleviate any dysphoria and, you know, just to kind of help me to align myself with, how I feel. And when I first came out, the only way I could describe to people about how and what my choices were based upon was to say, imagine, I don't know, being born in the wrong body. You just have this feeling, but you're in this container that doesn't match that feeling and you need to do something about it. You can't change how you feel on the outside. The only thing you can change is what's on the outside to kind of bring things closer together a bit. And Things like, you know, you, you do this, then you do that, then you have to have top surgery, then you've got to have bottom surgery. And at the end of this process, congratulations, here's your diploma, you're now completed, off you go into the world. But it's not, it's, it's fluid. You can, 
choose to have one thing, wait a while, maybe then do something else if, if you wanted to. I think one thing we're all guilty of doing when we first come out is feeling like we have to. And that comes from those who walk the path before us. And what's represented on social media and, and in the media in general, that we must do these things. And my perception of transitioning and what it is to be trans has changed so much since I came out and learned so much more about myself. Yeah. And it's, I'm, I'm just, you know, I, I would love to sit people down and say, you know, why do you think I need this? Do you think whatever's downstairs in my pants defines who I am? Does that make me male, female? What is it? I mean, let's face it, you've, you've got, what about intersex people? You know, how would you, how would you look at that equation? How, how would you discuss that? So it's got nothing to do with any of that. And I'd love for people to realize if you want medical transition, great. If you don't, great. You're still you. I've, um, I've thought about it for a while and I've thought about my options um, regarding hormone treatment and getting started with it and stuff. I have not on hormones. Um, and it's weird what you said, Em, like when you were saying that you saw that TikTok, because the minute that I knew who I was, my body followed. It followed. And I'm like, what? How? This is amazing. It's amazing. Because, I mean, my body naturally beforehand, I have more curves than um, what a typical, you know, like a box. That's how a lot of men are born. And that's like the, what is it? The, the standard, I guess, with body image, you know, a woman has to have curves and men have to like be muscular and like look boxy looking. You know what I mean? Um, my body was never like that. My body has always been more curvier, more feminine. And um, it made me really self-conscious um, growing up because a lot of people used to talk about my body and like, Oh, like, why do you have such a big butt? Why do you have such, why are you curvy? Like, it just doesn't make sense. You're a boy, you know? And I'm like, well, this is just who I am. Like, I can't change it. You know, like as a child, I'm like, it's just my body, but I was always uncomfortable undressing in the locker rooms in middle school and high school as well. Um, and I just felt like sort of out of place. I was just like, I don't feel, safe like <laughs> I used to always change in the bathroom stall because I just felt uncomfortable and um now recently I I think about it like okay I have I have the option of starting hormones what is the what are the benefits and the the things that what are the the pros and cons of taking hormones and I talked to my doctor about it and I told her, okay, I want to know for sure. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to ask all these questions so that I know that this is something that I want to do, you know? And I'm not going to lie. Some days I wake up and I feel so dysphoric and it's just like, uh, some like my body dysmorphia is out of whack and my gender dysphoria is just like, oh, like, I don't know. I don't like what I see sometimes. Um, I have too much hair on my face or I look too masculine and I, some days I feel amazing and I'm like, Oh, okay. You look good. You know? And I'm like, we don't, we don't need hormones, <laughs> but um, I did see a TikTok as well. Uh, this girl, and she talks about how 
she's not on any like she's not started medically transitioning uh she's she's just as a woman and she doesn't need to and i'm like okay and then i started realizing my ancestors before me they didn't have hormones they didn't have the the medical facilities or just um the surgery in order to medically transition they were just i'm a woman i'm a woman i'm a male i'm a male i am who i am and that's just who i am and that's just how it was and it was okay so like that sort of made me feel more comfortable right now and how i feel about myself i might do them later on down the road it is right now but right now i am still unsure about it because i feel comfortable in my body some days and the other days i don't and it's just um but i know that starting hormones and like doing hormones it doesn't equate to me being trans I don't need to take hormones to be trans. I am who I am and that's that. You know? Um I have to talk about that with a lot of people, especially dating. Dating is so hard, especially when you're trans and non-binary. It's just it's so difficult because first off, they want to know what's in your pants. <sighs> they want to know if it works for starters. And it's like, why do you want to be so invasive? <laughs> and the also like I've had I met up with like um I met up with this one guy and he told me he was like you look like a man you look like a man and I'm like what he said yeah I, and then he was like then he left and I was like are you fucking serious like what the hell is it like why didn't why are you such a piece of shit you know and he's like well I should be a little less offended because um you're obviously a cross dresser like and I'm like first off. I'm not here to kink shame, you know, but a cross the difference between a cross dresser and a trans person is a man, a person that assists that is wanting to dress more feminine for the likes of other men. Okay, because that's their kink. But that's not who I am. I'm doing this because I I'm doing it for me because I feel comfortable dressing like this or presenting myself in this way because it's who I am, you know? And it's just like dating is it's so difficult. That's why I just prefer to be single. <laughs> it's rough. Yeah, dating, what's dating? <laughs> yeah. I don't know what dating is. <laughs> yeah, Leon's it's the same thing. Right. Um me for hormones, I'm actually not on hormones right now. Um, I was on hormones for five years and starting out being on hormones um, for me, it wasn't, I felt like I did it because I had to and not because, not because like when I went on hormones, I felt like I did it because I had to, to identify who I was. Um, and not because it was like a necessarily like a, a decision that I made going, um, how do I explain this? Ooh, I didn't necessarily make the decision to start testosterone because I needed the world to see me as a man. I did it because I thought I, I needed to see me as a man. And then I found out really quickly that I passed really fast and that actually bothered me, oddly enough. Um, because I felt like 
so quickly people that were in the trans community on my, my Instagram were going, oh, you have facial hair so fast. Cause I got full beard within 10 months and they were making me feel like, oh, you pass already. You're, you're good. You're good. But like, I didn't feel like I passed inside. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I had facial hair, but it became so, it came so fast and I wasn't ready for it. So um, 10 months into my transition, I actually stopped testosterone because I felt like I was getting facial hair so fast. I was panicking. I was like, wait, 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 wait. I'm not ready for this. <laughs> and I stopped for three months and then went back on because I was, I, I had to get comfortable with me, which required therapy and, you know, talking to my therapist and really like getting one with myself because everybody's so quick to want to pass. And it's great. Yeah. Passing is great for a lot of people, but I'm not exactly somebody that cares about being so masculine. If you meet me and know my personality, you're like, mm, he's a lot feminine and I'm okay with that. I have, I used to have a lot of shame when I first transitioned and um, I used to, it bothered me that I had a facial hair and beard and then people would go, oh, that's a gay guy, but I'm not a gay guy. I'm, yeah, I'm pansexual. So I, if I'm dating a guy, okay, whatever but that's not how I identify. And I hated being labeled as that. And I don't know, understand why I hated it. And I still don't understand why, but <laughs> I didn't like that as soon as I passed and I had feminine energy with passing features, I was labeled a gay man. And, uh, and so I was, and then I, in gay clubs, mostly, I hated that pe people grabbing me. Hey, this is my body. Don't do that. Um, so yeah, but going back to hormones, I'm not on them now. And the reason I'm not on them now is because I, I believe that having babies is important for me. And there are a lot of people that don't transition and decide not to have children and that's okay for them, but I'm going to be a pregnant ass man and I can't wait for pregnant ass man photos while yes! I a beard out and have milk baths because I feel like more of the community needs to understand that we have a beautiful thing that our bodies still can do regardless of the fact that we don't want to be the person or the gender that that necessarily is. And I don't, for me, I'm both genders. I'm all genders. I'm the high, the low, the in-between, like there's no real gender for me because I got feminine energy. I got masculine energy and they all blend in the mix. I'll wear a skirt with a tie and rock, rock them both. <laughs> and so this year I'm going to have babies and I can't wait for the pictures and for the people to understand that, like, and especially in the trans community, because I, I had a lot of masculine energy that I forced on myself because I didn't see any trans people doing anything other than masculine when I first came out. And now I see it more so, especially on TikTok. I love TikTok. I love that there are like so many people that are like, I'm this, I'm that, I'm everything in between. And that's okay, because it is. And more people need to understand that because you can, you can be trans, non-binary and all that, all the things and have them all listed right behind trans and not think that you're not valid for all of the letters, words, whatever you have behind your trans. It doesn't need to be trans and I'm a man, trans and I'm a, a woman. It's trans, non-binary. It can be trans mass, trans feminine, trans, all these other things, gender queer. It's so great that there it doesn't actually even have to be a label. You could decide to be none of them. You could be a meat pop tart. 
<laughs> Marlo raised his hand for those that cannot see it. Yep, meat pop tart. You have yep. chosen. <laughs> Just saying, meat pop tart. If you look on my Instagram, I label myself as a meat pop tart. That is me. I am just flesh. Well, uh, for me, it was. Um, I remember, I like, I came out to my partner at the time, and uh, she, oddly enough, she was very, she was very willing, and she was like, "Yeah, go for it, do it." And I'm like, "Okay, cool." This was two, two and a half years ago or so. It took me about six months to get in to see a doctor at all about just other things. I don't know, just to get a physical and everything like that. Uh, but we really only have one doctor uh, here in Louisville that is uh, trans friendly and um, willing to listen to anybody that's in the queer community in general. Um, so it's very hard to go see him. Uh, but when I went to go see him, uh, <laughs> we did everything, all that good shit checked out. And, uh, he was like, okay, cool. Is there anything else that you would like to say to me or like to ask, or do you have any questions or statements or anything? And I was like, Ugh. I think, uh, I think that I'm trans. And he was like, okay, cool. Do you want to uh, take your shot today? Or do you want to like, wait? And I'm like, I'm so sorry. Can't, I'm so sorry. What? And he was like, well, he was like, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions just to make sure that you're like in the right state of mind and that you know what you're doing and everything. But after that, then if you're trying to take your shot today, then you can. And I was like, uh, yes, absolutely. So taking uh, being on HRT and taking testosterone for me has, I feel like has given me a new life. Uh, I did not identify with my uh, femme body at all, like physically zero i don't want anything to do with um coming across as a female or femme or any like i just no it's just not for me uh, i feel like for a long time i've just known that i was a masculine person and so me being on hrt and testosterone for the past two years has given me new life it has given me um just so much light in my world. It has given me a new chance at a life where I thought that it was going to end for a very long time. And so in that case, being able to come across as um, just mask in society in general, being called sir out in public is the biggest euphoric for me. Um, yeah. So it's that for me, it's been something that has, saved my life essentially uh there's still a couple things i gotta get done <laughs> but we're working on it we're getting there but for right now as i am sitting right here that's this is what i need in my life i do not uh going off of uh what leon said as well i do not i do not mind <laughs> giving sass uh, i do not mind uh <laughs> I will bring I will bring her out anytime. <laughs> yeah. Trust me, she's here still. <laughs> Just not in the physical sense. <laughs> I do not I do not mind. I love I love my feminine feminine side. I think that I'm like an 80-20. I'm like 80% mask and 20% femme. And I am here for that. I love that. And like Leon, or unlike Leon, I'm still waiting for a full ass fucking beard. 
I need that shit in my life. Uh, I'll give you. I'll give you some. You can have. Give me, dude. I will glue it on my face. <laughs> it's, it's not as fun as you think. It takes a lot more work than you would think. Not even it takes a lot of work. Give it to me. Give it to I'll me. I'm willing. I, I love that you touched, Leanne, on on having the ability to have children. Um, I, I have a lot of people that say that to me, but you're a mom. And I'm like, actually, we're using the word parent now. And mm. um, so being able, if you were gifted a body, I'm no longer saying women or cis. I, I personally feel like there's some there's some issues around the word cis as well. Because cis, cis means real. Cis means born as. Cis means this is the standard. When in reality, can we just take that word away and say femme, mask, and not, not even use the words male and female because they denote something. And so for me, it was like, I, yeah. Being able to have a baby is a fucking superpower. You are a superhero. When you start growing a child inside you, Leon, I cannot wait for us to have be on text and like chatting. Next month, let's hope. Well, this well, is it not? It's not the first. Hopefully, by the end of February, I'll be going. It's happening. The twenty third to the twenty seventh is my ovulation. Cross your fingers, guys. And you know what? I think you have created such a safe space on your TikTok and Marlo as well. When people, I think uh, Marlo gets a lot of people thinking he is very cis male. And so there's a lot, I see a lot of comments that are like, oh, I didn't know you were trans. You're so cute. Oh, this. And you're, you handle them very lovingly. And same with Leanne. Like when you were like, I'm off testosterone, you made a lot of very safe, lovely videos around that explaining why this was happening and why it was okay for you to do that. You don't have to make these, you know, explanations, of course, but you've created a safe space for people that might be more ignorant, might be more sheltered or from a smaller town to be able to come in and ask questions that might be difficult for some people or triggering for some. And they're really feeling safe to, I've seen people celebrate your um, desire to have a baby and it's the most lovely thing. Yeah, it's actually been really great. And I, crazily enough, have gotten a lot of people in my DMs, like, say, like saying that, like, I had this one lady, honestly, she made me cry. She said that until she watched my TikTok, she didn't understand her son and why he decided to become a man and then have babies. And that she thought he had to be a man. So why is he going to, why is he going to go back? If he's going to be a man, should just be a man. And we have literally an entire 45 minute conversation via like TikTok texts. And like, she was like, I apologize to you because I had so many negative thoughts about people and why they did things. And it really just opened, it really opens people up to like have conversation with me. And I have no problem with that because I'd rather educate than leave people ignorant. Yes. Yeah. It's been nice. I feel like, I would love to make our, the last section that we talk about now about our the ever-changing world around the trans community. The trans community is now in the forefront. And what we say, how we present, as much as it's not our responsibility to be that representation for the trans community, we are. Anyone who has any sort of platform, any sort of following is responsible for the 
um, the representation of the community in so many ways um, and being educated ourselves. And I know we all are actually learning too. I have struggled over the past with learning my my way in as a as first a queer person and then now in the trans community what are what's a way that right now people can connect with you can support you if you have any i know a lot of people have gofundmes for surgeries coming up or things in their life um, or projects people can support or finding you online what is something what does your future look like right now what are you working on what are you excited about let's go around so people can find you because i think um this I recently found out I had listeners in Pakistan, Turkey, and Taiwan. I had no idea. Um, I thought I had 50 listeners. I was turns out I was looking at the wrong logistics or the wrong, wrong analytics. I'll never make that mistake again. So anyways, <laughs> um, you know, I think there are people in different cultures in different areas that listen to this that um, would love to connect with somebody that has a safe space and has um, the patience to help educate. So let's just go around and talk about how they can find you on social media. And I will also include, no need to spell out. I'll include it all um, in the, the episode details. Eva, maybe? Yeah, um, you can find me on Instagram. I'm mainly on Instagram. Um, I stopped using Twitter because of all the hate and all the transphobia on there. Don't even get me started on that. Um, but yeah, um, Eva Echo. Um, on my bio, you'll find links to various things I'm involved with. Um, also founder of the Pass It On campaign, um, and you can find that through my bio as well. Um, I have quite a few campaigns lined up, um, quite a few projects, including opening up conversation surrounding um, cancer screening process here in the UK and how that affects trans and non-binary people, um, and looking at ways to kind of improve that overall process because it's a life-saving thing but unfortunately because of what we go through and how we feel and how the process is geared up hardly anyone takes it up or or is, is comfortable enough to be able to, to to go through that process so that's something i'm working on um, as well as looking at various ways of amending the judicial and the criminal justice system so that it's a lot more friendly um, and is a lot more helpful to, to, to our community really um, I'm not yet, well, by the time this goes out, it will be announced, but I recently signed with um, CC3 Entertainment. Um, so they're my representation. And being an agency started by Carmen Carrera, she's like one of my idols. And to be, to be in a family with such inspiring people is, is really exciting. So I'm, I'm really excited about all those opportunities that, that come up and help me elevate myself to the next level too. Amazing. Leanne, you wanna go next? Yeah, I can go next. Um, so I have an Instagram, it's Leanne finally, uh, Leanne underscore finally. Um, it's probably a good way to, if you're trying to message me, I would say on Instagram. Um, it's probably one of my, the platform I'm on the most other than TikTok. TikTok, I'm Leanne happy, underscore happy, Leanne underscore happy. Um, that's probably where I've, on uh, TikTok is where I talk about my pregnancy the most. I haven't really talked about my pregnancy and things like that on my Instagram so much. Um, but um, so that's a good platform if you're wanting to reach out for me about pregnancy and things like that. I would or e either one, either one. Just if you want to talk to me, I'm I'm free. <laughs> I'm a pretty nice guy usually. 
<laughs> unless I'm super busy, then it takes me a little longer to respond. So those are the two platforms. I don't do GoFundMe or anything like that. I'm not, I already had top surgery and um, I don't need anything else. And if anybody ever needs anything, actually, I actually have something that I do on my TikTok that is coming up again this com next month. I started doing um, helping with name and gender um, changes. I've been paying for people to help get that done on their IDs and things. I've helped two people so far. And it's just been something I've been doing privately with my own funding. I don't ask anybody for anything. I don't need any money from anybody. It's something that I want to do because I had it gifted to me. So every time I save the money through saving cans and things like that, and then just like putting money, all of my change and stuff away, um, I personally pay for people's name and gender change, depending on where they are and how much I can afford. It's usually pretty affordable. Also, I've been able to find ways to help people get it done without having any paying. So there's so many ways that people can get it done for free with fee waivers and things like that. So if anybody wanted to contact me about things like that, that's something else I'm actually working on where I've been going state to state and on my laptop, saving all of the fee waiver paperwork and all of the things and ways that you have to process that you need to go through to um, get your name and gender changed for each state and which states make it harder and which makes states make it easier. So that's something that I really work on and that I would actually love to help more people with. So if I wanted to leave with anything, I would lead with that. I want help to help with that because it's something that people need to get feel more validated in who they are. And also what states provide um, X gender. There are some states like California currently, you can get an X gender on your name and, and an on your ID. You don't have to provide male and female. Yeah, Washington too. I love that, thank you. Okay. Renee. Um, so I started, you can, I have, um, a few social medias that I do use. Um, TikTok is more of my, like, um, my space that I like posting whenever I feel like, you know, <laughs> um, sometimes I make things about my life. Sometimes I do think, um, some, just some trends that are on there, you know, um, I just have it for fun. Um, and but some people do talk to me throughout there um through the messages my my dms are not open there but my uh dms are open for my instagram and um you can find me on there and twitter too um i don't really use twitter a lot because like um you said Eva, it's, it's a little problematic <laughs> but uh it's i have it there either way because it's a good way to promote things and stuff um, it's also kind of fun sometimes. It's, it's like a news, another news outlet. <laughs> but uh, my handles for Instagram and TikTok are the same. And they're diabla.loca, but the I is a one and the O is a zero. Um, so that's for my TikTok and my Instagram. And then for my Twitter, it's the same thing besides the period that separates Diabla and Loca. Yeah. Um, I also have um, a podcast as well, like I said in the beginning, and I talk about my experiences um, growing up um, queer, you know, uh, I noticed, uh, I really, the reason why I made it was because I felt, I was just thinking about my life and how I was as a child, how I felt like no one understood me, and I just felt so alone, um, and I made it specifically for people who feel like they are alone who feel like they sometimes do feel like nobody understands them or 
they just think that what they're feeling is not normal or stuff because that's all the thoughts that I had in my head growing up when I was 12 years old and um that's basically what I talk about I also talk about my experiences growing up as you know um first generation uh Chicana in the United States in Washington and also talking about um what it is growing up in a Latin household as well um so I try to make it for everyone you know it doesn't have you don't have to be specifically from Latin descent um if you're queer or if you just want to learn more then um just listen to it and I've sort of been I haven't been able to keep up with it lately and make the make more episodes because I've been busy and um there's just some complications in my life at the moment that have not I have not been able to sit down with my thoughts and <laughs> organize myself <laughs> but that's gonna change I'm gonna make myself do it and the name of the podcast is Diablo's Diary and you can find it on Spotify and Anchor as well. Um, I am with it with Anchor, and Anchor sort of helped me, like, distribute it out. Um, but, yeah, that's basically me. And, yes. Amazing. Thank you. And last but very not least, Marlo. Hi, my name is Marlo. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I just I just have Instagram and, and TikTok. Um, and it's black eye, no room, like the coffee, because I can't get away. I love coffee too much. Um, so black eye, no room for TikTok and Instagram. Um, I, <clears throat> it's really hard for me to connect with a whole lot of people because I'm so, <laughs> I'm just in my head. My mental capacity is very small. <laughs> Um, so, but if you, if you do need to message me or if you want to message me and ask questions, uh, all that good stuff, Instagram is where it's at. Uh, I will try my best to answer questions. Um, also I just, um, uh, sent in my, uh, two mental health letters, um, from my psychiatrist and from my therapist for top surgery. So, yes. <laughs> It has been a year and a half uh, of a headache. So uh, <laughs> uh, should be hearing back here within, uh, hopefully within the next week uh, to schedule a date and all that good stuff. But as I think everyone knows, it is not cheap, huh? uh, especially for a low middle-class uh, person. Uh, <laughs> so with that being said, uh, my GoFundMe link uh, is in my bio on TikTok. And then uh, I also have a Venmo as well. That is also black eye, no room. Um, so yes, very excited, very nervous, very ready. All this good stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. <laughs> I know it's big for you. I'm really excited for you. And I will make sure that your GoFundMe and that everybody's Venmos, cash apps, everything um, are in um, are in this episode cover. I just want to thank you all once again for being here. I know we just we just hit the surface of the uh, immensity that is this topic, um, but I think that it was educational and patient and thoughtful and funny, and I I attribute that to all of you. So um, thank you again for being here, and um, yeah, it was it was lovely to have you. Thank you. Can I say something real quick, Marlo? If you need any help with um, after surgery, 
I am a wound care specialist as well. So I got you when it comes to those kind of things. I understand awesome. okay, how cool. that works, you know. <laughs> okay, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Thank you. Go back. <laughs> Just letting y'all know I followed you all <laughs> on your social medias, okay? <laughs> I, was what I was doing, I was like, okay, let me put it down. <laughs> We are all instant friends and I love that. And that's, that's one of the lovely things about being under the trans umbrella is we all, um, we all understand each other and we feel like when we look at someone else that is under that umbrella, we feel a little less alone and a little more seen. So thank you all again for being here. Bye guys. Thanks so much for listening to this episode and all the episodes. We hope you'll join our quickly growing online community where there is always someone to hold a space for you if you feel alone. If you have an idea for an upcoming guest or topic, please don't hesitate to reach out. All social media links and contact information can be found at my website, MaryAngelaAbeo.com. And until next time, take care of yourselves and those around you. And by that, I mean, wash your fucking hands, wear a damn mask, defund the police, pay the fee, basically continue fighting for the rights of indigenous and black lives everywhere, including and especially black trans lives, and do your part to abolish all forms of systemic racism. I'll see you next time.